So today I'm going to continue in that little mini-series that I started last week called Home for Christmas. And how many of you had a good Christmas? Anybody had a good Christmas? Yes? Amen! Give God glory for that. I hope that you took, you know, my little text that I sent out and you spent time with your family and you shared about God's love and, and you know, the meaning and the reason for Christmas and why we celebrate. And I just wanted to share a, an inspiring and encouraging message with you this morning. And, and I just wanted to start off with this. Fear has no place in love. Fear has no place in love. Amen? How many of you know that God is love? Do you know that? Oh, come on. If you know that God is love, you should be shouting. God is love, right? God is love. Living in love now, I know what you're thinking, oh, love. I ain't talking about that romantic, that, 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 that type of love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Living in love, which means living in God, is where God has always intended for us to be. Amen? Do you agree with that? He wants, to, he wants love to consume our lives. It is through love that we can realize our full potential for what life can be. Now, just put your imagination uh, glasses on right now, okay? And, and just track with me. Just, just listen to this. A life, imagine this, a life fully provided for. Can you imagine that? A life full of great and precious promises. Ooh, is, is, is anybody excited about that? Okay. A life of protection. Come on. A life without fear. Now, some of you are looking at me strange. I hear you are online right now. And if you're online, please make sure that you, you know, let us know that you're watching. Reply back to us. I'm pretty sure Pastor Jose is replying right now to you there. So make sure you reply. But a life, people could say, okay, I can get with maybe a life provided for. I can see God's hands provided for me. I could probably get with a life, you know, of promises. God has promises in his word. I heard about that. But a life without fear? Pastor Ned, have you done lost your mind? No, I haven't. Because a life lived in perfect love, it gives us all that and then some. Amen? I know it's too good to be true, but that's what the good news is. A life of protection, a life of promises that God has made, a life without fear, a life fully provided for. Now, what if I told you that a life lived in fear means that you're not living in love? I'm going to say that again. Uh, what if I told you that if, that if you're living a life right now full of fears, that means that you're not living in love? Now, I'm going to prove this to you, so make sure that you have your ears to hear what God is saying, okay? Now, I'm not talking about man's love again. I'm talking about God's love. God wants to write the ways of love in our hearts. Amen? How many of you have a heart? Amen. You all should raise your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. So that he wants to write that so that you and I are reminded daily of, of where a life without fear comes from. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to encourage you today. See, a life without fear comes from God. Yes? A life without fear comes from God. I love this, this whole thing about God's love. And, 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 and I know that we don't really, I mean, I think we just the tip of the iceberg on God's love. I think we, we're limited by our experiences of love. Yeah, can you agree? Our, our own, the way we love conditionally. 
come on, let's be honest. Right? We love you. As long as you're good to me, I'll love you. I'll be good to you. And that's not where the way God is. And, and um, there's this song that I've been listening to um, since, <laughs> since this all happened with Pastor Jose. And I'm going to share more about that. And it's this call, this, in Maverick City, it's called I, um, Thank You. I just, I just want to thank you. Right? I love that song. And there's a part in that song that I just keep stopping. And he, he says, I'm living in the rhythm of your, of your love. You know, there's so many rhythms in life. There's so many ways that we can go. But can you imagine living in the rhythm of God's love? And where that music, where that tune is going to take you. Amen? You know, there's so many people right now that they're living with fear of the past, fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen, not going to happen, fear of people, you know, yada, yada, yada. We could go on. But this is what Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 4 tells us. Ready? So if you have it, write it down. If you want to, you know, follow it right there. And, and I want to encourage you. I, 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 I'm old school. Anybody old school? I'm old school. I, when I'm sitting down, I got my pen, my paper. I'm writing down. Because you only retain but so much in just my hearing. But by the time you walk out that door, some of you will have forgotten what I said. But if you write down the scriptures, and some of you take pictures of the screen, and that's great. But when you write it down and you hear it, and then you go back home and meditate on it, let me tell you, it does something in you. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 4 says this. My son or daughter, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart and remember them sometimes. No. He says, keep my commands, keep them in your heart for what would happen. They will prolong your life many years and bring you what? Peace and prosperity. This is God's word, not mine. Let love and faithfulness, and that word, there's that trust and loyalty. Come on, have we forgotten how to, how to trust God and remain loyal and faithful to him? We, we become faithful and loyal to a lot of things, but we got to be trusting and loyal to the Lord. Let, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Say, never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is the instruction of the Lord. Then, then. See, you, a lot of people are trying to do this without these, these instructions. But if you do these things, then, everybody say then, yes. you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Now, that's good news, amen? Right? The, you know what the Bible says about a good name? Anybody know what the Bible says? It says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. A lot of people looking for fame and riches and glory and honor from everybody in this world. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs 22, 1, and I don't think we have it up. It just says that loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name is to be chosen. Now, what is the Bible talking about here? What, is your, what does your name imply? When people hear so-and-so, your name, they go, Leon. Do they go, oh, Leon, he, oh, yeah, that man's full of fear. Don't talk to him. It could be sunny outside, but he says there's a cloud coming tomorrow. You know what I mean? You ever been around those people? <laughs> yeah, we all, I think we all have. What do people immediately think when they hear your name? 
Now, I'm not talking about just your name, like Annette or Leon or Teresa. I'm talking about, in this context, what it's saying is a good name really speaks of your integrity. Come on. It's about your reputation, your character, you know, what you possess on the inside. Let me tell you, you around people long enough, you get to hear what's on the inside of them. Amen? You get to really hear. Now, they can come on and be like, oh, I'm highly favored, deeply loved. Oh, I'm God. But then you spend some time around them and you really get to see. Come on. This, it identifies who you are from a moral and ethical standpoint. Essentially, it is what you are all about. So ask yourself this morning, what am I all about? Come on. Here's an example of this. I like to give examples of the word. Luke 6, 47 through 48. As for everyone who comes to me. Now, these are instructions of the Lord. And hears my word and puts them into what? See? It's not just about hearing the word. You have to be a doer of the word, okay? I will show you what they are like. There's no way that if you're hearing God's word and you're putting it into practice, that people are not going to see the God in you. They will see it. Now, if you're hearing the word, but you're not putting it into practice and you just walk away from it, people, they don't know. But this is what, this is what it says of those that, are, that, are, that hear the word and put it into practice. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep. See, the roots are going deep. The foundation is going deep. Listen, you could build a house, but the most important part of your house is that foundation. If you build it on a sandy, rocky foundation, that does, let me tell you, you are done for. You, 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 we've all read that story or heard about the three little pigs. Remember those? Huff and puff and blow your house down, right? You got to build a good foundation. This is what the Lord wants from us. Right? They dug down a, a deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood came, because how many of you know the floods will come? Okay? That torrent struck that house but could not shake it. Why? Because it was well built. Ask yourself, am I well built on God's word? Am I well built on God's word. Are there areas in me that maybe I still need to work on? God's word will help to, to, to strengthen me in that area. But am I well built? But the one who hears my words and does not put them into what? Practice. Is like a man or woman who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. The moment that, that evil came, the moment that an attack comes, the moment that, that, that situations happen, it collapsed. And its destruction was complete. Everybody say favor and a good name. Come on, that's what God wants you. See, favor and a good name on a well-built house. When you have that on the inside of you, let me tell you something. The storms will come. Things will come against you, but you will not be moved. Amen? This whole thing, I'll just share a little bit with you, that happened with Pastor Jose. Some of you will understand. Some of you may not understand. But I, I understand, and we understand. This was a spiritual attack. Now, I know some of you go, you got attacked? Not, not attacked like physically people, but it was a spiritual attack. It was something that came against us, and, and we understand why. See, because we're, we're about to take territory from the enemy. 
You see, that, that's our goal. And we're going to do it. And we're okay with standing on the front lines and saying, okay, we'll, see, you see, will you follow us in where God is going and taking? Will you come? Because a good leader will take the blows and the hit. But because we're well built, come on, we're well built on God's word. Our foundation is strong. The enemy will try and he'll bring his stuff to you. He does it to you in your marriages, in your jobs, with your children, with your finances. See, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age and this world. And just this stuff going around and sickness and disease and all this stuff, the enemy uses those things to try to shake your foundation. But when you're well built, come on, and you're standing on God's word, it doesn't matter what he brings because you could try to shake me, baby, but I'm not going down because if God is for me, who can be against me? Come on, come on. That's God's love. That's God's love. See, perfect love, it casts out all fear. I don't have to be fearful. As a matter of fact, when this happened, I, listen, that week, listen, we had so much going on at the church. We're wrapping gifts. You guys are bringing gifts. We have things going on. We're supposed to go, Pastor and I are supposed to go to South Carolina. We're, supposed, we're packing. And that Tuesday before we had our last class that we were teaching. And Pastor, get, I'm coming in the house. I have my stuff prepared. I'm about to do some work at home. He's going to come teach. I'm just going to go home. I thought I would have had it all good. He comes in. He says, my back, my back is hurting me. And he, to the point where he's standing against the wall. And I'm like, hon, like, really? Like, get up. He's like, I can't move my back. I said, okay. So he comes, and I said, okay. I had 10 minutes to look over his notes and to come teach the class. Bible says be in season, uh, be ready in season, out of season. Amen. I'm well built on good foundation. I said, okay, give me your notes. We got this. I'm here making a little acaburria, and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat this real quick. That's a little like a, a fritter that we make. In I was making it really quick, and I was like, I got to go to church. And I came, and that's how it started. Then we were going to pack, and we're starting to pack, and the next day, he's still not feeling good. And things are going on in his body. And we said, honey, I don't think we should do this trip. Let's just cancel. Let's call Marcus, and let's, just, let's cancel this trip. And we did. And then fast forward that Sunday, he said, I'm going to stay home and rest. He rested. And then Monday night, we're here, and we're collecting the gifts, and we're doing the wrapping party, and I'm here, and I get a call. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'm, he's like, I'm going to drive myself. Now, he's like, I can't breathe, and he's going to drive himself to the hospital. I'm like, Jesus, help this man. I'm like, I'll be right there. I'm at the church. I'm going go to go take you. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to go in my car. I'm like, you're not driving on your own. I'm going to take you. Took him to the hospital. Long story short, you guys know they kept him there. And that whole time, it was like I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this happening. I'm, I'm experiencing it. But it's like I'm, not, I'm watching something else happen. And I'm standing. And, I, and all, I call my, one of my best friends called me. And I said, Kathy, all I can say is I feel like I'm in a bubble. I'm in a bubble. And although this is happening to us right now, number one, God was waking people up at 3, 4 in the morning, interceding and praying for us. He was waking me up. I was taking care of my husband. He's waking me up. He's saying, pray, 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 pray. And as I kept praying, I would fall asleep. The Holy Spirit would wake me up. Pray, pray. And I would pray. And I would get up. And I would hear him coughing, and, and he's not feeling good, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And all this time, I'm in a bubble. 
And I'm saying, God, what is it? And this is what the Lord has shown me he, in John 16, 13. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he was guiding me in the truth that, listen, listen, what's coming against you, and I was sharing with them earlier, what, I mean, no surprise. We had two different people, three different people, people calling us, saying, God showed me he's about to do something in your church. God has called you. Man, you guys are about to step out into something big. Over and over, we're getting all these calls, and then, bam, Pastor Jose gets hit. And I said, oh, and the Holy Spirit, he showed me the truth. Listen, you have to want to be guided in order to be guided by the Holy Spirit. You have, you have to want it. And I always say, Holy Spirit, you're my best friend. He guides me in truth so that I know when things are coming, how to stand. Amen? See, when you know, when you know truth and build your life on it, it sets you free. And I was able to stand on this foundation. The truth about God's love and favor will consume our lives when we live in love for what God loves and what's around us. See, it's okay. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay that we went through this because guess what? The enemy got to pay us back. See, that's why I was saying last week, he, I don't know why he tries. I mean, he's going to try. That's his MO, right? Nothing new he does. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going. We're going to do what God called us to do. And I know that God's love is protecting, it's, it, it's, it's, it's wrapping us, it, it had me in a bubble, it had Pastor, he, Pastor Jose covered, you guys were praying for us, and we felt the peace of God through the whole thing, through the whole thing. See, God wants us to rely upon and upon him, his perfect love. He wants you to rely upon him. You know, I want to encourage you with some, some Bible stories that I love. I love the Bible. Anybody love Bible stories? I love this. They encourage me. So when I'm going through stuff, I, I immediately start going back to my Bible stories. I start going back to remembering the days when I was teaching the little kids Bible stories. Bible stories are good for you to remember and know. And there are five, four Bible stories that come to mind that are great examples of people overcoming fear. Let me tell you, if you're living with fear right now, I can, I'm, I'm here to declare to you today, you can overcome fear. I said you can overcome your fears. You could overcome challenges, insecurities. Because, if, you know, th these people in the Bible that I'm going to share, they dared to believe God. And it brought favor not only with God but with man. Amen? So one of the first st stories that I'm going to share with you, and I'm not going to go through the whole story because we don't have time, but I want you to go back and read them. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of what, you know, a little bit of the behind the story. But we got Moses. Anybody remember Moses? Moses had the courage to face insecurities by responding to God's call. Come on. Some of us deal with insecurities about ourselves. Maybe we were taught something or we were told something about the way we look, about the, you know, that we're not experienced. I've heard this a lot. Pastor, I, I, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray like you. Well, God's not asking you to pray like me. He's asking to pray like you. Well, I don't know the word, but that's not true because as a believer, your spirit, you know the word of God. Have you ever noticed how the word just comes up? You may not know it verbatim. You may not know every single you know, verse in scripture. But let me tell you, when you need it, that word just rises up in you. Come on, right? And you're able to speak it in the name of Jesus. He said that mountain shall be moved. There you go. That's the word. But we want to be so perfect. And you're perfected in love. Amen? So stop trying to be what you already are. Oh, come on. Let me hear. Stop trying to be what you already are. So here's Moses. 
His people are suffering. They're under the rule and the thumb of Egypt. And this is what, in Exodus 3, verses um, 11 to 12, this is what Moses says to God. Now, sometimes we say things like this to God too. And Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And I love this. And God said. Now, I look, when I read the Bible, I read it. And God said. That's just me. I'm in color, right? Right? I will be with you. Now, some of us, we want a longer sentence than that. But if God tells you, I will be with you, is that enough? Is that enough to say, okay, insecurities, get thee behind me right now because God is with me. And, but, you know, God says a little more to him. He says, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought, do you see how God called the end already? Wait, wait, did you miss this? When you have brought, it was already, you see, oh, dude, ooh, I didn't see that before, Pastor Annette. That's how our God is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not seen. Had Moses seen it yet? No. But God called it so. He said, when you have brought them out, the people out of Egypt. In other words, Moses, I know you're telling me about your insecurities right now. And I know you want to tell me this thing, but I'm telling you, you are going to bring these people out. And you will worship God on this mountain. What do you do with that? You stand in awe. You say, okay, God, I got my orders from headquarters. Let's go. Moses was motivated by God's vision. God had a vision. God spoke it to him of working through him to save his people. The Jews from suffering they were experiencing. His bravery. His bravery. He had all these things. I'm a stutterer, God. Go read the story. I can't, I can't do this. Who, who, who am I? But his bravery inspired the Jews to follow his example. They followed him to the Red Sea. Favor and a good name. You see? Favor with God because he did what God called him to do. And a good name because people followed. Because let me tell you something. Who are you going to follow to a Red Sea? You're supposed to be getting out of Egypt. Pharaoh's behind you, the Red Sea in front of you. Okay, Moses, what are you doing? But God. Amen? Second person, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing so you could go back and read it. Second person, David. Anybody like David in the Bible? Oh, David. Courage to face an impossible situation. How many of us in this room have faced impossible situations? It didn't look like it was going to happen. Right? This thing looks like a giant in front of you. Come on. We can all talk about this. It could be a sickness. It could be something in your marriage with your children, your job. It looks impossible. But God, now the Philistine giant was coming against the Israelites. Come on, look at this picture. His daily threats. Isn't that just the way the same, you know, when situations arise, that thing just keeps on your mind, on your mind, on your, the daily threats were wearing them down. But David, a shepherd boy, I love that. This is why I encourage the teens with all the time. I said, don't let anybody despise you because you are young. 
Don't let anybody tell you that you don't have the same faith and the same, uh, um, that, that same boldness like an adult has. You have it. You can talk to that mountain and it shall be moved. I know. I lived it as a young girl, right? So David, a shepherd boy, had the courage to battle a giant. Do you have the courage to battle the giants that, are coming, that, that may come against you? 1 Samuel 17, 30 to, 32 to 37 said, David said to Saul, here's the king, let no one lose heart. This is David. Let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. In other words, who is this giant? Why are you giving him so much attention? Why is he putting fear in you? Your servant will go and fight him. Now, this is Saul. He replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And this giant man, he's been a warrior since from his youth. But David said, come on, everybody say, but David, come on. He said to Saul, your servant, see Saul, you don't recognize that your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I love that. Can you invent? He didn't say, oh, God, it's taking the sheep. What do we do, God? Can you get a vision? He said, when the, when the, let me go back. When a lion or a bear, I think they're pretty big. I, mean, I think we agree, right? And they carried off the sheep from the flock. I went after it. I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep, not from afar, from its mouth. Come on. <laughs> Are you alive this morning? Come on. When it turned on me, I seized it by his hair. Come on. This is like one of those three o'clock fights at, after school. Okay, sorry. All right. right. <laughs> and killed it. No, no Kelly here. No, this is just a story. Amen. And your servants has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. You know, that there's that, that holy anger that rises up. See, last Sunday when I was here and I was like, oh, enemy, and I, was, I had you guys pray with me. I, there really was this holy, we're going after this thing. This thing is going to stop in its tracks. And we're going to pray and believe God at his word. Amen? Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, this sickness, this disease, this whatever it is, this lack, this what, you know, whatever's coming your way will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, what can the king say to all that? What can he say? He says, Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. Go, the Lord be with you. So David believed God will protect him. See, this life of protection is real. And, and God did. And as a result, the whole army fought at his side. Come on, can you get a vision of this? With God's help, they won a great battle that day. I dare to say that last week, uh, I rose up here, we prayed first service, we prayed second service, we declared God's word, and we won the battle that day. Amen? We won the battle that day.
because I was not going to let no lion, no bear, no mountain, nothing seize my husband. Oh, no. I'm going after you, Satan. I'm going after you, devil. Come on. And that's how you got to rise up and let that come out of you. Amen? I know I'm a fireball, but you just get on fire with me. Come on. A great battle was won that day. What happened? Favor. They saw him. Everybody else was shaking in their boots, but when David rose up, they all followed him. Amen? Let's go to Esther. Courage to take a big risk. Come on, how many people? Where are the risk takers any, uh, anywhere? Where are they? People that are daring to believe God, taking risks. Come on, that's where we and Pastor and I are. Your pastor, he's, a, he's about to step into some things. He's about to take some, like, you know, what the world may think of as a risk. But we believe God at his word. There are people to be one. There are families to unite. There are marriages that need, that need healing. There are people's hearts that need healing. And we have the answer. And we're not just going to sit idly by and just let. No. We're going to have the courage to step out and take a risk. Amen. So here's the story. This is a great story. Haman plotting to kill her people. She's married to the king who promoted Haman. What do you do with that when your very own husband was the one that promoted your enemy? Come on. What do you do? You trust God. You trust God. Esther 4.16 says this. This is Esther's answer. Her, her uncle Mordecai speaking to her over and over about the stories. This is why the stories are so important. God's stories, the, the, the Bible coming alive and teaching us. The word, the instruction of God. So she's hearing this, and she's like, but me, but how? And so then she tells him this in verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king. Now you got to understand, if the king didn't call you, you cannot go to the king. If the king did not summon you, you just can't go. It's like right now, we, you know, you think you're cute, you're walking up to the president White House and you're just going to walk in. That's not happening. Secret Service will jump on you. Amen. Okay? You probably won't even get that far. So here it is. She's like, I, I, I'm going to do this. And then I love what she says. I will go to the king even though it's against the law. And I love what she says. And if I perish, I perish. Because there was a chance that she could perish. If he did not extend that scepter to her, she could die motivated by believing God's plan for, for her to save the lives of her people. She became an example for her whole nation. The whole nation rose up and fasted and prayed with her. Can you imagine if we called right now a prayer of people? Listen, right now there are families in Newburgh's, family in Middletown's, family in Monticello, family in, in Washingtonville, families all around. And they are being under attack by the enemy that wants to kill them. Let's rise up together. Let's pray for them. Let's unite in, in, in prayer and our belief in God for them. Can you imagine the power that will be released in this area, in this region, if we dare to believe? God that way? Come on! Where, like sometimes you call a prayer and two people show up. And I'm just being honest. I'm not, not, you know, if that was you, then let's just change that around. We have time for everything. But when it comes to the things of God, 
to make a difference in the lives of people. Who, where are you at? Do you get stirred up to say, if I die, I die. But I'm going to tell you right now, I die doing the work of God. If I perish, I perish. I told that to God as a young girl. I said, God, I, you know, you're calling me. Okay, we're going to do this. And, and I'm going to follow you. I don't know what I'm doing, God, but yours, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide us in all truth. And if we die, we die. But I'm going to tell you right now, I die in glory knowing that I took a risk, that I was courageous, that I stepped out in boldness to, to, for people to know a God that's love and true and wants to have a relationship with them. Amen? I want to be an example. If I would have came here last Sunday, I'd be like, oh, my God, help me, please, my husband. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with crying. But there was a time where, you know, we could cry, but there was a time and a moment to rise up. And at that moment last week, and you guys didn't know this, but I had to rise up and lead because I'm Pastor Jose's helpmate. I'm leading with him in this church, and, and, and we're, and, and we're co-pastoring, and, and, and I couldn't afford to be down. I had to rise up and lead a people. And you know what? I know this, and you know, and you know that even God forbid anything would have happened to him, we're still gonna go forward. We're still gonna march on. He wouldn't have it any other way. We're gonna do this because this call on my life, on your life, is not just for the good times. There's a call on your life that when bad times come, you rise up. You let the spirit of God, when you can, he can. Amen. When you are weak, the Bible says, then you are made strong in him. It took everything out of me to stand here. When I was tired, I was up, I was, I was praying. I was, and, and then in the middle of all that, I felt this attack on my body. I felt it physically. My daughter was, was worshiping, and she said, Mom, I felt like something was choking me. Don't tell me we weren't under attack. But God... I stood up here. I thought of, you know, I'm thinking of all these Bible stories. Courage to take a big risk and stand here and lead and say, we're going to go. Come on, let's pray. Let's do this. Amen? She became an example to her whole nation because of her faithful sacrifice. And the very thing that Haman had plotted against them was the very thing that he was hung on and was killed. Amen? Come on. One of the last stories is Daniel. Courage to not give in. Courage. Come on, everybody say courage. Come on, you're courageous people. We have the, we spoke about it, the lion and the lamb. The lion of Judah resides on the inside of you. Now, I'm not saying you have to be as bold and as loud as me because I'm pretty loud. I'm Puerto Rican and I was raised in the Bronx. <laughs> That's my excuse, okay? But you have this boldness let it rise up in you and Daniel had the courage to not give in Daniel stood on his conviction to pray to God only in spite of the consequences of being thrown into the den of lions as a punishment come on some people buckle some people they don't know how to stand in these things and he was motivated to face his, this fear because he was so grateful to God for all the ways God blessed and protected his life. Daniel 6.10 says this. 
Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. He gave thanks to God. I was, I was driving, before I get onto my nose, I was driving after when, when, when Pastor Jose uh, had come home and I was taking my nephew to work and I drop him off at work and I'm driving and I'm listening to that song, I just want to thank you. I start going, I mean, I know people thought I was crazy. I start yelling at the top of my lungs, thank you, God! Thank you, God! I rolled out my windows, thank you, God! Thank you, God. Now, I know you can't get with my praise, but let me tell you, it was my praise unto the father who took my husband out of a hospital when they didn't even know when he was going to come out. Come on. That I was, I was praising him. I was thanking him. I said, Father, you are faithful. You are good. I don't care who sees me right now, but I want to thank you, God. I want to thank you. If I could park my car right now and run down 17K, I would have run down 17K. But I was so grateful to God. I was so honored that he protected us, that he kept us, and that he continues to do that. See, I chose, well, Daniel chose gratitude um, to God over the fear of people. Choose gratitude to God over the fear of people. You're never going to please them. You're never going to please them. But thank God you are pleasing to God. Come on. Never, Daniel never gave up praying to God, even when they laid a trap for him. Why? Because he had intimacy with God. That's what's lacking today is that intimate relationship. God's love. His, he wants to have that intimate relationship with you. Now, check it out. This is, we talking about favor and, 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 and a good name. His devotion to God inspired King Darius, a foreign king, to write to all the nations in their day to fear and revere Daniel's God. Talk about favor and a good name. A foreign king now is worshiping and praising your God? Come on, that's favor. Come on, say favor. That's favor. These four stories are great examples of why we should put God's word into practice in our lives and keep love and faithfulness, trust and loyalty around our necks. There is comfort in knowing who to turn to when we feel even the inkling of fear. Without fear, we get to live in perfect love. I'm going to say that again. Without fear in the way you and I get to live in perfect love. How many of you know that that's how we were made? That's how we were created. It's just what the enemy tried to do in the beginning is take us out of that. He did a good job, right? He did it. But God, but God, we were made by love, for love, love. I'm going to say that again. We were made by love, for love, in love. I hope that changes the way you look at yourself from this moment on. Love will never fail you. God will never fail you. He will never fail you. No matter what challenges come your way, I want you to understand and know that God is for you.
But if you're not putting these things into practice and you don't understand what love God is, then you don't know how to walk this out. And what's going to happen is fear will stop you. Insecurities will block you. What people say or people do or how people look at you will intimidate you. We don't have to let those things operate in our lives anymore. Look at what 1 John 4, 7 through 12 says. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been, has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not, um, does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might, might live through him. I love that line right there, that we might live through him. Can you get that? This is love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is why sin is not an issue any longer. This is a good message of the gospel. He did away with it so that you and I could walk freely. Come on. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. There is no competition between us. There's no competition. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, in love. Come on. We help one another. We share with one another. We build one another up. Come on. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Wow. Wow. Let's go down, down to verse 16 through 18. And so we know and rely. Say no and rely. Come on. No and rely. What are you knowing and relying? On the love God has for us. You have to know and rely. If you rely on anything else, then fear can come in. Are you hearing me? But when you know and you rely on the love of God, come on, it changes everything. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. It's right there. First John 4. In this world, we say, me, I'm like Jesus. Not my word. So if you're like Jesus, come on, is Jesus broke? Is Jesus lacking? Is Jesus, come on, get a picture. He's made whole, complete, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. It's the same way, protected, peace, provision, promises, nothing missing, nothing broken. But challenges come, so we have to remember this. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with what? Punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See how important knowing God, knowing love is to your life and mine? 
If you are right now allowing fear to stop you, to drive you, then my friend, I submit to you that you don't know love in that area. And it's time to get to know love. You can turn that around today. If you're watching right now, you can turn that around today. Let us never forget this so that we can release fear and lean more into love. This is how we as believers should be living and confessing to live our lives right now. I live in his love. That rhythm of love. Amen. I live in his joy. I live in his peace. His patience, his kindness, his goodness, come on, his faithfulness, his gentleness, and I have self-control. Because in this world, I am like Jesus. And because these are attributes and things in Christ, I also live in them. I have them. Come on. Fear and worry, they don't have a hold on me any longer. I'm going to say that again. Fear and worry, they don't have a hold on me anymore. And I didn't say that they weren't going to come knocking. Because they'll come knocking. They'll knock. Fear will knock on the door of your heart. But when you got the word written in your heart, come on, as I read earlier, when you have that written on the tablet of your heart, that fear may come and that thing will come. Oh, but you don't have a hold on me any longer. That's the difference. Amen? I'm not saying they won't come in this world. We will have trouble. Things will come against you. But be of good cheer. He has overcome. So you overcome as well. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if it's a giant. It doesn't matter if it's an enemy. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you know, it will come knocking. But guess what? You have no hold on me any longer. Because as God is for me, and he, al he always makes a way of escape for me. That's, that's a, you can write this down. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about that. He says, God is for me. He always makes a way of escape for you. Always. Always. The more you grow in knowledge about his ways and the more, you, the more you'll be able to remain in his love no matter what comes your way. I'm going to say that again. The more you grow in knowledge about his ways, the more you'll be able to remain in his love no matter what comes your way. This thing comes, I'm remaining in God's love. I'm remaining in the peace. I'm remaining in, 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 in self-control. Because we could lose control really easy. Right? I'm remaining. I'm being faithful. I'm trusting you. I'm loyal to you, Father. I'm remaining in your love. That's when we begin to see favor in our lives because of the goodness that comes to us, through us by the power of God. There is power in God. There is power residing in you. It's time you allow love to invade every aspect of your life. Can we stand? Come on, it's time, church. Let love invade every aspect of your life. Come on, I'm going to give you a moment to respond to this word today. This is a word of God for you. How will you respond to God's truth in your life? Maybe you've been walking in fear, but it's time now to say fear. You no longer have a hold on me. I am perfected in the love of God. And though you may come, and those situations may rise. And though people, there may be giants in my way, in my land, I will not 
fear because my God is with me. He always makes a way of escape for me. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My home is blessed. My hands are blessed. Everything I set my hands to, it will prosper. It is successful because in this world, I am like Jesus. I am renewed. I am made whole. I have nothing missing. There's nothing broken, Father. I am complete in you. I am complete in your love. I am perfected in your love, Father. Come on. I remain planted and rooted in you. And though the waves may come and the torrent may come and trouble may come, I will not be moved. I will stand on your word. I will be a good, a good follower after you, Father. For your spirit leads me and guides me into all truth. Come on. I remain rooted, Father, in your love and in your faithfulness. I choose that this day. And every negative effect in this world, anything that the enemy will try to come and throw against us, Father, we remain planted and rooted in you. Our eyes are fixed on you this morning. The author and finisher of our faith. We thank you, Lord. We respond to your word this morning. We trust you at your word. Father, this, in this room right now, there are Esthers, there are Daniels, Lord. There are Moseses ready to lead a people out, Father. This, is, this is, just wasn't for them. This is for us now. You're still the way maker. You're still the miracle worker. You're still the greater one, Father. You have not changed, Lord. And we will remain faithful. We will remain in the rhythm of your love, Father, to follow after you, Lord Jesus. Lead us and guide us, Father. We say, send us, Lord. Send us to your people. Send us to rescue them. Send us, Father, to give them the truth of your word, that they don't have to live in fear, because perfect love casts out all fear. May they be perfected in your love. And let us do as you command, to love you and to love one another. To love those that the world, they despise. Because those are the very ones that you will use to confound this world. So we honor you, Father. We thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.